This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus, and I make it known that I do not trust nor depend on my limited human abilities. I'm trusting in you, Spirit of God, to teach now your people about unity and leadership. Father, I thank you, and I give you all the praise for this honor and this privilege. And in advance, I give you all all the honor and all the praise for everything that you will do here tonight through and with your people. And if you agree with that prayer, then shout amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So Psalm 133, leadership brings unity. So I'm just going to be reading from the Psalms. And uh, I believe that tonight you will be blessed as we we break down this portion of Scripture. It's a very short psalm. It's a psalm of ascent. What that means immediately when you see the words, it's a psalm of ascent, that means that this is a psalm, one of many psalms, about um, 13 psalms, that the Israelites, the children of Israel, would have used when they would go up to Jerusalem. Three times a year, they would go up to Jerusalem to the place to worship God, the place where God dwells, and that's where they would um, have communion with God by bringing sacrifice and offering. And so as they would come up towards Jerusalem, they would sing these psalms. They would, they would uh, yeah, sing them, they would say them out loud, or whatever it might be. But this is as they approach Jer- Jerusalem to go up to Jerusalem and to celebrate the feasts. It says here in Psalm 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I want you to know that it is good and it is pleasant when there's unity. How many of you can attest to that? I mean, just being the opposite of that. Just think of it. It's bad and it's unpleasant. That's where there's disunity. And there's nothing like a negative person. There's nothing like disunity. I mean, you've got to cover for your back the whole time. I mean, some of you can write a book, 27 Ways How to Remove a Dagger from Your Back. (laughs) So it says here, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together. That includes the sisterin, obviously. All right? So it is good and it's pleasant. So God says, first of all, if you want unity... There must be, it must be good and it must be pleasant. And when that happens, when the circumstances is good and pleasant, there will be unity. Or unity is good and unity is pleasant. The opposite of that is also true. It goes on then in verse 2 and it says, It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edges of his garment. So let me break down that portion of scripture there for us right now. As we know that when Moses was in the wilderness and God commanded them to build the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle, and this is the place where they will meet, there was three reasons for the the tent of meeting or the tabernacle. It's a place where God's presence is. It's a a place where God will meet his people, and it's a place where they could bring offerings and worship God. And so God ordained the priest Aaron and his sons. And on that day, as they built the Ark of the Covenant in the wilderness, God then says to Aaron, prepare a special anointing oil. And he gives them the prescriptions on how to prepare this oil. 
And then he says, take that oil, and it's only to be used for the anointing of the sacred items in the tent of meeting and for the anointing of the high priest. It's a special anointing oil. And so at the right time, Moses commands Aaron and his sons to come to be anointed of God. The oil representing the presence of the Holy Spirit. The oil representing the leadership, the authority of God upon the high priest. And as you lead in your respective areas, no matter where it is, and as to tonight as we lay hands on you, it is the anointing, it is the anointing of the laying on of hands or the doctrine of the laying on of hands that is upon you for leadership. And so it goes on here and it says, so it is like the precious oil, the precious anointing oil upon the head. So what Moses would do is he would take this flask of anointing oil, precious anointing oil, and he would not just, you know, sometimes when we anoint people, we just do a little dab dab. Not too greasy now. But it says here that he took the whole flask or the, the ram's horn. It would have been in a ram's horn where they held it in there. And he poured all of it on top of his head. And then it ran down his hair into his beard, the Bible says, here in verse 2. And then from his beard, it dripped down onto his garments and then went all the way down to the hem of his garment. Now, that has very specific significance for us in leadership. First of all, the head represents the head of this ministry. Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev, they are the head of the ministry. The next area is the beard closest to the head that could be the leadership, the senior leadership of this church. So they, the, the anointing flows from the top to the next level, onto the beard. And then from there, it drips onto the top of the garments, which is the next level of leadership. And down to the next level, the next level of leadership. And down to the next level, and down to the next level, and eventually down to the lowest level of leadership, no matter what it is. And that's how the anointing works. The anointing does not start from the hips down. It doesn't even start from the arms down. It does not start from the beard down. It starts from the head down. And that's why it's always important to be under a covering in a ministry. Because there needs to be an author a spiritual authority. There needs to be a spiritual authority, a covering that is covering you. Otherwise, you're starting from the beard. And the Bible says clearly, running down, sorry, like the precious oil upon the head, number one, running down on the beard, number two, the beard of Aaron running down onto the edge of the garment, three and four. All the way, running down. That is an anointing. And that is the same for us in our leadership. Why did God, because God appointed Aaron as the high priest. Why did he need to anoint him? What is the purpose of anointing? The anointing, as I said earlier, is the presence of God. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit. With that anointing goes all his authority. And so when God calls you into the office of leadership, it is always to be taken very, very seriously. Don't just think, yeah, but I'm just a group leader. I'm just leading here and there and there and here. No. 
God has called you for a purpose. Remember my message from this morning? And so therefore God wants to anoint you so that you're ready to step into your God-ordained ministry. Amen? Because from there, your next step might be a next step up and a next step up and a next step up. And so you want to be under that covering. It says now, this anointing, this authority structure, this anointing oil, as it runs down, it is like, here in verse 3, it is like the dew on Mount Hermon or Hermon. Referring to Mount Hermon. Now, Mount Hermon is in the southern part of modern-day Syria. It is a huge mountain range. You'll see the picture at the back there. And every year during the winter time, it snows on that mountain. And even while we were there now in Israel, there was still snow on Mount Hermon. Why is Mount Hermon so important? Why do I compare it to the anointing? Because you see, in the summer, the snow melts on Mount Hermon. And it eventually gathers in many rivulets and then forms three major rivers that feeds the Jordan River. And it gives life to Israel. Without that snow, they would be without water. They would be without life. The anointing oil is like giving life to your leadership. Amen? It's easy for somebody to say, well, you're in charge of that, you're in charge of that. But there has to be a covering. There has to be an anointing that goes with that. Amen? So in other words, is that what comes forth from Mount Hermon is life. That snow that melts, uh, even when you're there in the middle of summer, if you go right now, you'll see one of the rivers in the, in the, in the region of the, uh, of the tribe of Dan. The rivers gush forth. They don't just little streams or trickles. They gush forth in waterfalls. They burst through the rocks in the area. And the river runs throughout the year bringing life. Your anointing is bringing life all the time to the people that you're leading. Amen? And then it goes on to say here, descending upon the mountains of Zion. The mountains of Zion is referring to, it's another word to use for Israel, or it can physically or literally mean the mountain of Zion, which is on the southern part of Mount Moriah or in Jerusalem. The very place where the temple is situated. And the Bible says, why is that so significant for me? The water that not only just runs from Mount, Mount Hermon in the north that will flow down into the Lake of Galilee, then into the Jordan River, and then into the Dead Sea, but also it will be like rivers that will be running out of Zion, out of Israel, into the Jordan River that brings life into that area. Because you see, the Bible talks about the fact that when Jesus returns after the tribulation, there will be a time, the Bible says in Revelations, there will be seven years of tribulation. Now, whether you believe in pre-tribulation or mid-tribulation or post-tribulation or pre-rapture, mid-rapture or post-rapture, we as a church believe, and our apostle teaches us, that we believe in during the middle part, in three and a half years into the tribulation, that the church will be raptured. And we will go... To be with Jesus. And for three and a half years. We will attend the marriage feast of the Lamb. But we will also receive our rewards. In heaven then. The Bible says. That we will face the judgment seat of Christ. It's a good judgment. It's a good ju judgment. 
It's the bema seat of Christ. It's the same word that's used where the Torah is read. The word of God. It is like the dew of Mount Hermon that comes down and causes rivers and brings life to Israel. And when Jesus returns after three and a half years with us, the Bible says that when his foot touches the place from where it left on the Mount of Olives, the Mount of Olives will move, will split into two. One part will move that way and one part will move south. And out of this canyon that will go through the east gate, Jesus will walk into the temple and sit on the throne. But a river will gush forth from the mountains of Zion and will run into the Jordan River and run into the Dead Sea. And the sea that is dead will come alive again. Wow. Authority is to bring and to give life. And authority and leadership is where things are dead to give it life again. Your job as a leader is so important in this church. We cherish you. We appreciate you. Because not only do you give life in situations, you bring life, but you change that thing that is dead and make it alive again. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. I want you to listen to that family. Life forevermore. So if I now have to summarize this whole set of scriptures here, it says it is good and it is pleasant when brethren dwell together in unity. Enough of the backbiting. Enough of the skinner. Can I get a bit of unity in this place tonight? Can I get some unity in the church worldwide? I mean, I'm driving past a poster tonight, celeb bishops in a fight or a quarrel. What is going on in this world? There's no unity. It's good and it is pleasant when brethren dwell together in unity. It is like the dew, the snow, the water that melts on Mount Hermon that gushes forth and eventually into one lifeline brings life into a situation. It is like the rivers on Mount Zion in Israel where eventually it will break forth and whatever is dead, it will make it alive again. Your job as a leader is to make sure it's good and it is pleasant and there is unity. Your job is as a leader is to bring the new water, the new life into every situation. Your job is to gush forth and change that what is dead, bring it into life again. Because then... There, in that situation, the Lord commanded the blessing, live forevermore. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.